Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Bob Mueller slaps a subpoena on the Trump Organization. Plus, the U.S. takes action a month late on Russian election meddling. And the president throws more fuel on the staff shakeup fire, saying change is inevitable. This is the State of America Tonight. Robert Mueller's team has subpoenaed the Trump Organization. Really, for the first time, this would be going after business records directly, the Trump Organization, as they relate to uh, Russia's. There'll always be change, and I think you want to see change. It's a dysfunctional daycare center. Who is next to fall? The president clearly in a firing mood. Thank you for letting me get out of Washington. It doesn't even matter who's in those posts, because at the end of the day, the only person that matters is President Trump. Hello, I'm John Avalon, live in Washington, D.C., and this is the State of America Tonight. We have a lot of news to get to, but first we want to update you on a tragic scene in Florida. A pedestrian bridge has collapsed at a university in Miami, and authorities say multiple people have died. We don't know the exact number yet, but a highway patrol officer says five to six cars were crushed underneath the bridge when it came crashing down just moments ago. Rescue operations are still underway, and we'll be monitoring this story throughout the show, and we'll keep you updated. But now, back to Washington where anxiety is gripping the White House. The U.S. is slapping Russia with long overdue and congressionally mandated sanctions. And Robert Mueller is upping his ante in the probe into possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. In other words, just your typical slow news day here in the nation's capital. So let's get right to it, shall we? The special counsel is now taking direct aim at the Trump organization. Bob Mueller subpoenaing the company for business documents, including some related to Russia. Now, sources tell CNN that the goal of the subpoena is to, quote, clean up to ensure that all documents are handed over. It is the first time that we know of that Mueller has asked for documents directly related to the president's businesses. Now, you'll remember last summer, President Trump famously said this when asked about Mueller investigating his personal fortune. Mueller was looking at your finances, your family's finances unrelated to Russia. Is that a red line? Would that be a breach of what his actual... I would say yes. Yeah, I would say yes. Now, an attorney for the Trump Organization said it is fully cooperative with all investigations, including the special counsel. And speaking of the Mueller probe, you may also remember that Mr. Trump has repeatedly slammed it as a witch hunt, a hoax. Well, today his administration gave that so-called hoax some credibility by announcing new sanctions against Russia, including people indicted by Mueller last month. The sanctions cover five entities and 19 individuals. Among them, the Internet Research Agency, which is an infamous Russian troll farm, and one of the agency's backers, a Mueller target who is so close to Vladimir Putin that he's known as, quote, Putin's chef. One Florida Democratic senator says the Russian leader is exactly who the U.S. should target next. All of these people are reporting to Putin, taking orders from Putin, 
What about start looking at some of Putin's investments and bank accounts? Mm. It could be a lot broader, but at least uh, it's this, even though it's eight months after Mm. the sanctions were imposed. But Russia's sanctions, special counsel and congressional probes or otherwise, that's not the only thing casting a shadow over the White House these days. President Trump is once again shooting down rumors of West Wing chaos. Any more staff changes coming, sir? Uh, Well, the story was very false. I mean, they wrote a story about staff changes today that was very false. So the president says there's nothing to see here. But wait, there's more. Because a few minutes later, he also said this. There'll always be change, and I think you want to see change. And I want to also see different ideas. But we'll talk to you about it later. That's probably not what you want to hear if you're one of the people who could be on the receiving end of said change. I give you Veterans Affairs Secretary David Shulkin, who was on Capitol Hill today for a committee hearing. Have you spoken to the president today? No, I haven't. Do you feel good in your job? Secure? Any concerns about your job, Secretary? That's what's called an awkward no comment. And in a bizarre twist, the man believed to be Trump's choice to replace Shulkin. Energy Secretary Rick Perry was also on Capitol Hill for a committee hearing right down the hall from his fellow dangling cabinet member. Has the president talked to you at all about moving positions? Would you be interested at all? No. And then there's Jeff Sessions, who said this during a speech in Nashville. It's great to be with you. Thank you for letting me get out of Washington. Uh, It's a thrill a minute out there. Well, to paraphrase music legend B.B. King, the thrill appears to be gone indeed for the embattled attorney general. Now, let's get right to the White House and to CNN, Ryan's Nobles. Ryan, Sarah Sanders Huckabee today taking questions in the wake of Mueller's subpoena. Does this pass the red line that Trump said? And could the the knowledge of these subpoenas be impacting his firing mood these days? I mean, John, that was the big question uh, during today's press briefing with Sarah Sanders. And frankly, she just punted on that question. Uh, She was asked specifically uh, if the president views this uh, request, this subpoena for documents, financial documents related to the Trump organization, if that crosses the red line, which the president has so often talked about. And she basically said that they had no comment on that. Uh, She once again reiterated the fact uh, that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia uh, and that they will refer all comment on the special counsel uh, investigation uh, back to the special counsel and any specific inquiries about the Trump organization to the Trump organization. Uh, she also reiterated the fact, John, that the White House continues to cooperate at every opportunity that they can with the special counsel. But in terms of engaging on this topic, it says to whether or not this investigation by Robert Mueller has reached a new stage because it is now involving Trump's business. Uh, Sarah Sanders just simply would not engage on that topic. Uh, the White House clearly not wanting to make news uh, as, as it uh, relates to that story. John? Well, compartmentalize while you can. Brian, thank you very much. And now on to our other big story. The U.S. unveiling new sanctions on Russia a month and a half after a congressionally mandated deadline. We've got CNN senior diplomatic correspondent Michelle Kaczynski joining me now. Now, Michelle, the administration has been dragging its feet, but in recent days we've seen a tougher tone from Ambassador Haley yesterday, the president, some remarks today, and these sanctions. What does that say about the seriousness of the administration's actions on Russia versus the president's reticence to call out Putin and Russia? 
Right. It's a much different tone. I mean, remember, we heard from the president when he was asked directly about Russia's meddling just days ago. It was at the beginning of this month. And he said Russia and he said the words, certainly there was meddling, which turned plenty of people's heads in that room and who were listening. But then he immediately afterwards said by other people, possibly and possibly other individuals. So as soon as he said the words, certainly there was meddling, he still had to give another one of those equivocating statements about Russia that we've heard over and over again, that it could have been other people. So to now hear members of his administration, I think really starting yesterday so strongly from Nikki Haley, saying that, you know, putting the blame squarely on Russia for these attempted killings in the U.K. Uh, and she, she's also spoken strongly about meddling, as have some other people within the administration. So now to see this action um, of imposing sanctions specifically for meddling sends a message. However, you have to include the word finally in there with a capital F. This legislation was passed overwhelmingly by Congress eight months ago. Um, And, you know, the State Department and the administration views that deadline as not necessarily a deadline to impose sanctions, but they saw it uh, as kind of a start. So so there's a splitting of hairs over what exactly was a deadline, but they absolutely did not rush to impose sanctions. Um, But what we heard from senior administration officials today uh, were some strong words on this, that the meddling did happen. And yes, it was Russia. They put a stamp of credibility on Special Counsel Counsel Mueller's investigation with all of those who were indicted by Mueller are now included in the administration's own sanctions. That hardly indicates that Mueller was conducting a witch hunt. In fact, just the opposite. Uh, And they did say, you know, this is just the beginning. This won't be the end of sanctions. So I think the responses that you're hearing from some very skeptical Democrats on the Hill today are, okay, this is good. You've finally done it. But number one, what comes next and how far will this go? And number two, what about preventing the meddling in the upcoming midterms? That's a real concern, but better late than never for this first significant step of sanctions. Michelle, thank you very much. Now, still ahead, President Trump has always insisted that his private business must be off limits in the Russia probe. Well, special counsel Robert Mueller is confidently crossing that red line today. We'll talk to our panel about the news that the Trump organization is now facing subpoenas. It's not a request. It's a demand for documents. The special counsel in the Russian investigation has issued a subpoena to the Trump Organization, the umbrella company involving the president's private businesses. Talk about this and more. Our panel tonight, CNN political commentator and Republican consultant Margaret Hoover, who also happens to be my bride, uh, political commentator and Trump advisory board member Paris Denard. No such relation, but looking forward to talking to him as well. Political commentator for CNN, David Swerdlick, assistant editor at The Washington Post. And Bill Press, host of the Bill Press Show. Panel, we've got a lot to get to. A lot of things have been boiling for a while that have come to head in the last few hours. Let's start with Russia sanctions. Um, This had been voted on 98 to 2 by the Senate. The administration had been dragging its heels. And yet in recent days, we've seen the administration take a tougher line. Nikki Haley at the U.N. Today, these sanctions. How do you explain the gap between the president's rhetoric on Russia, his reluctance to call out Putin, 
and the actual policies that have been pretty hawkish in recent days. We'll start with you, Paris. Well, I don't think that there should be any um, uh, issue with respect to his rhetoric and what and the tone of what uh, happened, uh, the actual actions that happened today with these sanctions, uh, because at the end of the day, words are important, but actions matter. And the president's sanctions today have just taken a talking point away from a lot of people who said the president or this administration was never going to act. And this is at the same time where you had Nikki Haley at the U.N. saying strong things about uh, uh, Putin and his regime, as well as things that the president had done in 2017 in terms of uh, arms to Ukraine and, and showing an unfettered support for them. So I think the actions are very important, but I think the actions with the, in collaboration with the remarks that have been made by the administration in collective uh, are also important. All right. So, Margaret, you heard Paris there, and it's a refrain we've heard from a lot of Trump supporters in recent uh, days and weeks, which is don't pay attention to what he says or doesn't say. Pay attention when he does. Should national security hawks, Main Street Republicans, feel reassured by the administration's belated actions today? Look, better late than never. Uh, but it wasn't it, what, what what is part of the action. Right. Is that twice the White House missed deadlines, both in October and in January, to implement sanctions, to give recommendations for individuals and organizations in Russia that ought to be sanctioned. So part of the action that Paris wants to take credit for is also the two, the, the many months of inaction by the administration. Look, I'm glad Paris is right. At least he did it today. But there is a gulf between what you often call, John, the axis of adults uh, in the Trump administration, which Nikki Haley is very clearly part of. I mean, she is always on the front end. She was on the front end of the, ga- the uh, chemical attacks against the children in Syria. She is always on the leading edge of, of, of offenses on an international level of North Korea, Russia, Syria, Assad. This is this is part of her role in the administration. Trump seems to not mind it. Uh, but there is a gulf between how she acts, how McMaster acts, how Mattis acts, how some of the adults in the uh, the axis of adults, as you call them, act and the president acts. And this is what Mueller, I think, is going to get at. And that's his job is to help clear the air. Is there anything that the American people should know about a relationship between Donald Trump and Russia? All right. So, uh, David Swerdlick, can the administration, can the president keep calling this investigation a witch hunt? when his own administration's sanctions just validated the targets of said alleged witch hunt? No, I don't think he can, John. And uh, look, I think Paris did a good job of cleanup on aisle seven for the <laughs> White House. But the, but the reality is, as Margaret just said, that they dragged their feet and there's been a mismatch between the president's rhetoric, a lot of his senior advisors' rhetoric around Russia, and uh, the, the, the policy around Russia. Now that we're getting to a stage where uh, a lot of indictments are out there, a lot of plea deals are out there, a lot of evidence is out in the public record, even more so than was uh, a year or a year and a half ago, uh, about Russia's uh, involvement in meddling in our election. You had the statement earlier this week by British Prime Minister Theresa May, our staunchest ally, arguably, uh, condemning Russia. The president had nowhere to run on this. And I think that's why he finally sort of said, hey, we've got to go forward with the sanctions, because there was no way to not do it and erase questions about why his rhetoric is so sweet to Vladimir Putin and so tart to our allies. (laughs) Sweet and tart. Well, speaking of tone bill press, uh, President Trump made it very clear to Bob Mueller, don't go there with regard to his finances. Don't go look at the company's finances in your probe. Well, Bob Mueller just went there, Bill. What do you expect the outcome will be? 
I think Bob Mueller had no choice but to go there. And by the way, these two are really tied together. I mean, it is at best, I think, a missed opportunity for Donald Trump that out of 535 members of Congress, do you know how tough it is to get anything through with only five people out of 535 voting no? I mean, that's that's what these sanctions were. And if Donald Trump had done it right away, uh, backed up the Congress, I think everybody would have said, great move. You're, you're really tough. You're doing what you should do. He didn't, which leaves this question open, which a couple of our guests have, have alluded to, is why is Donald Trump so reluctant right. to take on Donald Trump? Could it be, and this has been a, a sort of a deep hole, unexplored hole so far, could it be these previous business ties with Russia, with oligarchs there, maybe with Putin himself. That's what Mueller is looking into. Uh, Donald Trump has said this could be the red line, which means uh, if he follows through with that, it means firing Robert Mueller. And then let me tell you, all hell breaks loose. Well, that becomes a constitutional crisis and Congress still has not taken sufficient action to protect against that. Margaret, if that move is made and that the president orders Mueller fired, which he'd have to remove Attorney General Sessions, What's the right response for Republicans in Congress to show they've got credibility as a co-equal branch of government? Well, that, you just you just underlined it, John. I mean, that would be the beginning of a constitutional crisis. And what Congress needs to remember, this is not about party. This is about the Constitution, right? We're constitutional conservatives. Remember that that was the rallying cry for right. the unifying cohesiveness of the right. Uh, this is about the Constitution. This is about the integrity of our government. This transcends any party. What what Republicans and Democrats in Congress would have to do is to ensure that the Constitution is followed and that a just process is is followed to determine. Uh, how the proceedings of the Mueller investigation continue in the absence of Robert Mueller. All right, Margarita gets the last word, just like at home, but stick around, we've got more. A disappearing act in the White House cabinet room. Who's going to go next? Well, we'll find out from our political panel. Welcome back. Now, if you're a member of the Trump cabinet, this may not be the best time to make a down payment on a new home in Washington. After firing Secretary of State Rick Tillerson earlier in the week, President Trump says he's close to having the cabinet he wants, which begs the question, what other changes are on the way? Let's bring back our panel to discuss this and more, including the fallout from Pennsylvania. But I want to start with this a question of the environment. Sometimes there's a lot of energy spent on the Kremlinology, but sometimes you really need to because it has an impact on the working of our government. Margaret, you worked in uh, the White House for the, uh, George W. Bush. And listen to this quote from Axios. Quote, this is the most toxic working environment on the planet. Usually tough times bring people together, but right now this atmosphere is ripping people apart. There's no leadership, no trust, no direction. And at this point, there's very little hope. Margaret, just because you've worked in a White House, uh, you know, does that ring true? And how does that affect morale and the moving parts of government at the highest level? Look, I know, I know, I know where you're going with this. Uh, certainly, you know, Paris has worked in a White House. A lot of us have worked in government. If there's uncertainty at the top, that affects everybody in the bottom. And it's true when cabinet, the head of a cabinet agency is gone, you know, the the work of the cabinet agency, the direction of the cabinet agency, sort of 
ceases to a halt until there is a new director in. I mean, you can do the little tedium day-to-day things. But the one thing I would really just caution us from doing too much is playing into this uh, Trump show, right? He's going to get his cast of characters together for the second season of the presidency. And that's what Donald Trump, that's how he sees the presidency. That's how he wants us to see the presidency. That's how he wants the media to cover the presidency. And I don't, I think insofar as not normalizing the the abnormal behavior that we find beneath the presidency, I, I would caution the media to not fall into the same pitfall. All right. Uh, Dave Swartlick, do you consider that a fair criticism? No, I think Margaret's right about that. You you can over uh, read into what's going on at the White House. Ultimately, the president has not sunk that far in the polls. He's doing what he wants to do, and he has a clear idea. But I will just say two things about the toxic atmosphere. One thing is that, look, in, in a tough times, in a situation in a normal political office, a congressional office or White House, even when people aren't getting along personally or they feel pressure, they're bound together by a common ideological mission. But since Trump's only ideological mission is himself, it's much harder for his staff to cling to that, I think. And that's why you see so many reports of low morale. The other thing, John, I think that's going on here is that President Trump uh, is trying to sort of cast the McLaughlin group here. He wants a bunch of people who can speak to his policies on TV, regardless of whether those policies really match up with the economic or foreign policy realities. And that, I think, is some of the reason why you're seeing this turnover at in, at the beginning of season two of Trump America. <laughs> See, you just did it right there, though. That exact thing. So, look, we all know that Donald Trump is very good at weaving a reality distortion field, even yeah. if it only affects the room he is in. That said, political reality shows that Republicans got their butts kicked in a Pennsylvania special election. Uh, just yesterday in a district that Trump had won by 20 points. I want to pull up a quote by Mike Murphy uh, about this, you know, famed Republican consultant, because it really shows things in sharp effect. Murphy said, I'm sorry, this is a quote, uh, Trump on Connor Lamb, but that's fine, too. We can pivot. Uh, Trump said he ran a very nice campaign. All right. Back to Mike Murphy. All right. Mike Murphy said we should have been able to elect a box of hammers in this district. For losing here, you can bet there's a Democratic wave coming. Uh, Paris, box of hammers, Democratic wave, or do you buy that this is a, an anomaly and the Democrat ran as a Trumpkin, so it doesn't matter? Well, I, don't, I won't say that it doesn't matter, but I think we should just stop the panic button. Historically, if you go back to any administration, this normally happens if you look at midterms. Normally, the party in power... The, uh, if it's Republicans, Democrats take control. If the Democrats in, is, is in power in the White House, Republicans take control. That's normal. But at, what we should be looking at is the fact that you had a Democrat here who, yeah, he ran as a Republican. This is a Democrat who said he's not Biden supportive Paris. of the Pelosi agenda. And so if I was the Democrat leadership, I would be worried about that. How many Democrats are going to be running as liberals or running as moderates? And I don't think that this candidate could have won the Democratic primary in this climate because he did not go in the traditional way that normally happens. He was appointed to that spot. All right. Paris, so here's two said, things. Paris, I'm going to get to Bill in a second. I, Bill, yeah. I'm going to get to you in a second because it's, Paris raises a great point about the Democratic divides. But first, I want to clarify. First of all, Paris, you're saying you look at 18 with calm, dignified dread. The president's party always gets knocked back. Fair? Yes or no? That's fair. OK, fair. Second point. The president said, as Paris just echoed, that, look, Connor Lamb didn't run as a Democrat. He repudiated Nancy Pelosi. True. But he ran on my tax cut. Here's what the president said. He ran on a campaign that said very nice things about me. I said, is he a Republican? Sounds like a Republican to me. 
He also said that he supported the tax cuts that Trump had pushed. Um, that is factually false. Connor Lamb said that they were a betrayal of the middle class. So, Bill, the question here is, Connor Lamb ran to the district. He's conservative on some issues, liberal on others, did not back the president on taxes. What does that say about the need for Democrats to run candidates who fit their district rather than an ideological checklist, as folks on the far left might like? Bingo. You, you said it exactly what I was going to say. Democrats have to run the candidate that fits the district. Connor Lamb fit that district perfectly. He did not run as a Republican. That's the Republicans trying to dismiss this whole thing as an aberration. It's not. This, this election has profound significance for the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And let's point out, Donald Trump is 0 for 4, right? Governor of New Jersey, governor of Virginia, senator from Alabama, and now congressperson from, from Pennsylvania. And Don't Democrats have picked up elections, 30. Yeah. Democrats have picked up one at a time. All right. 39 we seats. We got to go, guys. 39 Flipped seats. Them. But Bill Press calling an end to the Democratic Civil War for now. Panel Margaret, Absolutely. Paris, David and Bill, thank you very much. And Thanks, this is day 420 of President Trump's administration. And that is the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.